Welcome to Season 2 of Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a confidence life coach, comedian and mother of two. I invite you to join me bi-weekly for confidence tips and interesting chats with my guests who work in fields that help develop confidence. And sometimes with people who have a personal story to share of how they were able to break free from fears that held them back from living their life with confidence and purpose. Hi, Gillian. It's lovely to have you on Breaking Free. I just want to say congratulations on your book, which came out in uh, September. And uh, I'd love for you to tell us about Feed the Tiger, Free the Dragon. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to talk about it uh, and to talk about all things polarity and masculinity and femininity. Uh, but as you'll see from the title of my book, Feed the Tiger, Free the Dragon, uh, this is a slightly different take to a traditional topic. Uh, so the book is all about the law of polarity mm -hmm. and how we can really activate it in our relationships and how we can lean into one of our energies more than the other to create more space. So Perhaps I should start with what polarity is yeah. or my definition of it, I guess, in the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. That would. So according to the law of polarity, which is this sort of ancient natural principle, uh, you know, like other natural laws that we're used to learning about, like the, the law of attraction or the law of opposites, uh, this law basically says that people with opposite sexual energy create a powerful force between them, whereas people with the same sexual energy create a neutral or negative or repulsive force between them. Repulsive? And the repulsive, wow. yeah. I wouldn't have thought it's that bad. And you say don't settle for neutral. Yeah, so it's this idea today that we really have this kind of crisis of neutrality happening in our relationships that was sort of exacerbated by uh, particularly the pandemic, you know, where we're spending so much time in our relationships that perhaps when we started dating and we first met each other for the other for the first time, we have this like great distance between us, you know, that's the kind of attraction, this force where we're, we're celebrating how we're different and coming together to feel whole. And then over time, we tend to kind of rub up against each other like magnets and lose that powerful attraction we once had. So mm. this kind of crisis of neutrality where we're spending all day together, we're gym buddies, we're cooking together, we're binging Netflix, we're doing it all, right? And like in this like world where we're trying to be everything to each other, we're kind of losing that distance, that yeah. space that created the powerful, attractive force that we had in the first place. So that's that's what we're exploring in this book, which is really fun. Wow. So um, why are you describing it as tigers and dragons? What is it about tigers and what is it about dragons? Are they the typical opposites? Yeah, look, and it really started because when I started researching this topic and it really saved my own relationship, it saved my marriage. And I was trying to research it and apply it and mm. then apply it in coaching. And what I was finding was that the traditional language of the masculine and the feminine was really getting in the way of what we were trying to do. And, you know, if I was asking my husband, hey, I'm feeling this kind of wild feminine energy right now and I need your depth of consciousness to hold me and be deep for me, I need you to go deeper into your masculine, that was like, it was really hard for us to get past these kind of gendered terms that we yeah. hear all of the time and they're so 
there's so much that we put into them they're so triggering whereas we found that I went back to the original concepts which were this was all sort of started back with Taoist principles back in fourth century BC and I found that the yin and the yang were originally described in this concept of the tiger and the dragon. And as soon as we started using that language in our vernacular, mm. it changed. You know, I could say, hey, I'm really in my tiger this week. I'm feeling wild and I need this depth from your dragon. Could you take the dragon throne, which is one of the like tools we use, because um, I need you to go deep and hold all of this for me. He'd go, yeah, on it, know exactly what you need. Um, and we just found it was so much easier. And then the more I used it, uh, the easier it became. And uh, that was really but, I mean, what, how does he book. practically do that how does he actually sit on the dragon throne <laughs> give me some <laughs> like how do you do uh, that in practice? can you tell i wrote the book at a time where i was also watching a lot of game of thrones uh. um it was great no so taking the the dragon throne is this concept of you know the the tiger energy that uh yin energy is the traditionally the feminine it's the wild free ethereal feeling energy it's the part of us that wants to be seen and loved that craves connection that's one part of it uh, the masculine energy the dragon the yang energy is the part of us that is all doing all sort of achieving it's a part of us that gets shit done it's motivated by competition and it craves like deep respect but it's the part of us it's our consciousness and we both have both right so we both have the yin and the yang within us mm. we just tend to embody one more than the other so you know part of what we crave from each other so if I'm going if I'm living deep in my tiger energy in that wild free ethereal craving to be seen and loved um, then what I'm craving from his dragon is his consciousness is his presence to see me to love me and to hold my wildness you know if I need to to let go and just feel it all I need him to not leave I need him to stay present to witness it and to hold that energy for me um does that make sense kind of I'm still trying to get my head around it I'm trying to imagine what you're like when you're a tiger (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that needs taming of the wildness. Can you give me some some examples? Yeah, absolutely. And I, we really just launched in the middle here, by the way. I love it. Um, we just got straight into yeah. it. Yeah. So, no small you know, talk. That, no small talk. I love it. Show me your tiger. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's the part of us sometimes it's feeling, you know, it may be, it may be I'm sort of you know, in, in a real mood and I need to vent, you know, just very practically, mm. you know, we all have that where you've got a lot of things going on, a lot in your mind and you need to just feel it through, you know, you need to just, just storm it out. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a million things all at once. I don't want him to solve my problems for me. I don't want him to be in his doing mode. I need him to just witness it and let me feel it through with him there. You know, that could be an example of it. So you want the witnessing of the dragon, but you don't want the doing of the dragon. So you've got to be a bit precise with which part of the dragon you need of him. Yeah, exactly. And really what I want him is to be there with me, you know, like not in solving mode, but just in if I'm the tiger and I'm the gushing waterfall of wildness, I need him to be the riverbed that contains me, you know, to be there with me and to let me feel it through, but also let me know that I'm safe, that I can feel it uh, and that he's going to be there to, to listen and to just help me process it. You know, that's, um, that's sort of an example of how that could play out. 
So it sounds like you have to be very clear about what you're feeling so that you can express what you're feeling and what you need. And a lot of people are disconnected from their own feelings. and They don't know what they need. So how do they even get to that point? And Tiger perhaps maybe wants Tiger at that point as well. Like you want to get riled up and you want him to get riled up with you, you know, (laughs) and maybe you don't. Absolutely. (laughs) But how can he control it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And look, it's a practice. You know, all mm. of this is a practice. It's firstly being aware uh, of being aware of, of what you're feeling. And you don't always in the moment know what you need. You know, you don't always have the words to express and articulate, particularly to your partner, what you need from them. Uh, we're in a pretty good place now where we can do it, but it's still hard. Um as to your point, sometimes you don't want that because sometimes he doesn't have the ability to bring anything other than his solving energy and he just wants to fix it and make it go away because mm. that's what dragon energy wants to do. So to your point, a lot of that time now I'll go, hey, you know what? This is what I'm feeling. I need to share in this. I need to live in this energy for a little while. I'm actually not going to bring this to Peter because he's just going to want to solve this for me in our relationship. I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to go out and walk with a girlfriend. I'm going to do a yoga class. I'm going to do a hundred different things uh, to let me feel this through and be in this space that's not necessarily also going to put that burden on the relationship. Because remember, polarity is understanding that. It's going, hey, we're different. We bring different things and embracing those differences as opposed to expecting our partner to be our everything so it's not necessarily always putting that on Peter and saying hey I'm having this I want to feel this through with you but having the consciousness to be able to take that to somewhere else as well and give him a break because he doesn't always want to witness it either. Poor Peter. And it sounds like you're not looking for a partner who is your polar opposite all the time it sounds like you're looking for a partner that can switch and you can switch. Is that what, what's necessary or is it yeah. necessary, you know, that you're, you know, that you're very tigery sort of person um, and you need someone that's calmer and can hold you and, you know, is opposite and is always dragon. I think what, um, yeah, great question. And I think what tends to happen is at the beginning of the relationship, we are just naturally attracted. You know, that that passion that you feel that comes from that distance between you, you tend to find someone who is your mix. So according to Taoism, we're all 70, 30 approximately. You know, mm. we're either dominated by the dragon with a little bit of tiger or we're dominated by the tiger with a little dragon um, with the yin and the yang. So the idea being that if we were all dragon, we'd probably be highly aggressive and unbalanced and unhinged and super competitive. And we we all know a couple of those people. Mm. Uh, And then if you're all tiger, you're very untethered very sort of wild free and we all have a a couple of friends like that too and uh it's sort of one of those things that we are fluid though and within us depending on our situation and what we're doing uh and what space we're in whether we are living more in one energy than the other so for example the dragon energy tends to be the energy that we use when we're in the work workplace right it's like doing achieving goals finite um decision making all of those those things are derived from our dragon energy uh so as a society as a whole we do actually tend to embrace that energy and encourage that energy as well do now feel later uh so a lot of us even if we are dominated by a tiger are spending a lot of time in our in our dragons whether we like to or not Mm. Uh, and it's sort of society rewards that 
a lot and we get trained how to do that. So that's kind of one thing. Um, but then the idea in our relationship to your point is yes, being able to acknowledge in our time, say out of the workplace, in our happy place, you know, in my relaxed place, when I'm not at work, when I feel me, you know, and my yeah. most balanced and happiest. So what is that? And then what energy am I in there? That's the energy we then try to encourage and build and push deeper into because that tends to be your happy place and where you get the most energized. Um, but being able to pay attention to it and pay attention to your partner as well, whether they subscribe to these beliefs or not, um, you can sort of witness it and then do things to sort of create that space and help balance each other out. So to your point, if I'm at a time where perhaps I really do need more of that softer energy, the feeling, the nurturing, um, the gentleness from my partner, them being fluid enough as well to bring that at a time when it's needed. So yeah, like mm. when it's constantly in that state of flow, um, but also knowing when we need to push apart and be more authentic, our authentic selves. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So do you then say, um, I need some space, honey? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and saying, look, I, I need this space. I mean, the, the dragon energy generally craves freedom and that's where it gets stronger so a lot of times mm. uh, the dragon will say you know I'm going to be happy when I'm free and they are looking for um, you know I'll be happy when I'm financially secure that's a form of freedom I'll be happy when I have my space when I've achieved something when I've climbed this mountain or done these things that is when my happiness will come from from those moments. Whereas the tiger energy is saying, I will be happy when I'm truly seen and loved. And that energy is craving that connection that see me for who I am, love me for who I am. And I have all of this love to give to you. Let me see you as well. So knowing like which one of those gives you more energy uh, is important. So like I can work all day, but I get home at the end of the day and I am drained. Like if I've been in my dragon all day, like I will walk through the door, I will collapse. I'll be like, I need to re-energize. That was actually quite hard for me energetically. And I'll see the difference mm. between my energy at the end of the day versus my husband's who's a dominant dragon. He gets home and he's like, so are we having a glass of wine? What are we doing? What do you want to talk about? And he like, he can keep going. And I look at him and I think, oh my goodness, like we're in such different places because of where we just spent the last 10 hours and we now need different things to find a happy place. Yes. And Gillian, you say that we need a solid foundation and after your own foundation crumbled and you almost lost everything, you became a devout student of all things energy. Is that how we can... Um, create a solid foundation? How do we go about it? And how did you go about it? Yeah, and part of it was just seeing the world through this lens as well. So really understanding my energy first, mm -hmm. and then understanding my needs and how they needed to be met um, in my relationship. Then understanding Peter and what he was craving from the relationship and what I wasn't able to provide at that time in our relationship. Uh, and then being able to do the work to create that distance and make sure that we're able to bring home to each other those tools that really helped us connect deeply. So, you know, what happened in our relationship for a long time, oh, and I know this happens to a lot of women, you know, I really did 
I did live in my dragon. I was very career focused. I was an attorney. I was an entrepreneur. I was an executive. I was working 67 hours a week. I was very drained and there was really not a lot left in the tank when I would get home, Um, particularly not for Peter and particularly not the nourishing love that he was craving because he was working the same amount as I was. Uh, And I wasn't able to bring that. And it really did almost end us. You know, we all, our marriage was almost over and I went to see a therapist, which is always great. Uh, And I also went to see an attorney about divorce and I got some great advice from actually a divorce barrister out of London um, who said, I had two little children at this stage. I didn't know if we could get past it, a 10-month-old and a two-year-old. And she said, look, if at all humanly possible, take a year, try to work on this, on this marriage, on these problems, because in all of her years of experience, what she discovered was that people, particularly women with young children, on the other side of divorce, wish they'd taken their time. But she never really heard anyone say that they regretted doing the work. And if you still can't get through it and you still can't solve your problems, um, then at least you've had some inner learnings, you've learned more about each other, you're going to be better co-parents, better friends, and you can move forward into life together in a different way. Um, But put in that 12 months of work. And that's really what we did. Um, And so did a lot of therapy, a lot of work. And then this was the concept that though gave us the biggest return, you know, the biggest ROI on our relationship, because it was understanding these soft skills of what we actually needed uh, to feel Mm. loved and happy so what are these soft skills and did you have to um, work less hours in order to be able to do that did he have to work less hours what changes did you actually make because a lot of people want to work on it but they really don't know how they stay in that same cycle that same pattern yeah and a lot of it was being on the same page um with and and the good news was Peter wanted to work it on, on it as well. You know, I think it is it can be infinitely harder if you have one side just doing all this work and all these inner learnings, and you bring that to the table and your partner goes, oh, yeah. mumbo jumbo. You know, I'm not working on this. Uh, and so we sort of started to learn about polarity together. We'd listened to a few podcasts, and we both had this like big aha moment where he was like, this is this is exactly what I'm saying. You know, we're both bringing this dragon energy to the table there's no balance, there's no dark and light and give, we're just very aggressive with each other. And it was interesting because I'd had my children. And so I was feeling a change. You know, I wasn't, I realized I wasn't happy anymore living in this more masculine energy that I did want to live in a different place that that was bringing me a lot of joy and happiness but I was also very confused by it I was confused by these maternal feelings I was having um, this craving to spend more time uh, in a different energetic space so you know being able to work through it together I guess and learn about it and me saying actually well I need this from you I do want to be seen and loved I want you to um, hold me be conscious with me to do the meditation to be have more depth for me you know I want to trust you I want you to and a lot of the things that nourishes the tiger energy from the dragon is this alignment behind their sort of purpose and their mission and their decisions this idea that they are 
on track that they're what they say they're going to do aligns with what they're doing and it's that consistency that the dragon can provide that makes the tiger energy feel safe to say wow okay you said you're going to do these three things you did those three things I can trust you I can feel safe with you to sort of really let go and show you this softer side of me because when you're stepping up and doing these things in the relationship I feel like I can relax and show you this softer underbelly that I hadn't felt safe to do because I felt like I had to do all of this myself. And mm. a lot of times the feminine energy will do that. They'll Because they can, they multitask, they take it all on uh, as opposed to giving this sort of surrender moment to their partner and saying, hey, I'm going to create room because you can do a lot more than I'm letting you do in this relationship as well. Yeah. And how, how does that differ from when you first met? Did you have that strong polarity when you met and then lost it? Or were you both quite feisty dragons when you <laughs> met as well? <laughs> Great question. Uh, the, the former. So we actually, when we first met, I was the dragon. I was so focused. You know, we were only 19, we were babies at the time, but I still had a very clear sense of what I wanted to do. I, you know, I was graduating with honours from law school. I was going to do X, Y, and Z. I got recruited from a top firm. Um, I had sort of all this direction and I was very focused. Peter, on the other hand, being this like handsome, surfing, 19-year-old Australian um, who sort of you know, was still sort of coasting through university, wasn't sure with what he wanted to do with his life. And he had this, he had, you know, the light, ethereal, fun, festival going energy. And he was so mm. attracted to my focus and my drive. And he sort of tethered himself to it. Um, and he found it sexy and sassy and beautiful, you know, and he was so proud of everything I was doing. And I loved what he brought, you know, he helped balance me out. Yeah. And then as we hit sort of late 20s, and you know, he finished his masters, he set up his business, he was in this space, he had shifted then. Um, and what had happened is we just ended up both in our dragon, both doing both yeah. achieving. He then craved something different, mainly respect. He really wanted to be seen as the dragon he now was, right? Achieving, doing, being successful. And I was still living in my dragon world too. Yeah. So then when he shifted to dragon, you needed to shift to tiger. Right. Right. Or at least ask each other, hey, you know, I know you're achieving. I don't expect you to give up your career or your job or any of these sort of things. But when we get home, can we do a better job of giving each other different things? Um, because I actually... At this point, you know, I was burnt out from being in my dragon. Mm. I wanted to be in my tiger. I want to get home and I want to surrender. I don't want to decide what to cook for dinner. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to do anything. I'm just like, please just lead. Please just take over, you know. Um, and so that was actually the space we were able to find. Whereas, you know, before, I don't even think I used to let him drive the car. Like I would, I was driving. I was driving everywhere in our life you know mm. um and so being able to see oh wow that's what he needs now at this stage in his life and realizing I had the capacity to give that I actually wanted that as well but it just took us to pay attention and yeah. notice you know so it sounds like he went into dragon mode when it was the right timing for you to soften Exactly. And go into Tiger. But it took you a while to realize that to make this work, you need to step back, which is what you really want to do, but you're resisting it. And to just go into soft power and be Tiger. 
Yeah, and so absolutely. And so much of it is, though, this kind of we brainwash ourselves or I had into mm. believing that this concept of this tiger energy was less than, you know, yes. as because we associate so much of the positive um, and even, you know, the yang is the positive. It's the doing. It's the penetrating of the world. Um, and the tiger is the receiving. As so, our, we see it as as surrender, as like this idea of weakness, as opposed to celebrating it for how beautiful it is and how powerful it is. I mean, mm. Peter can't do what I do. You know, he can't bring that to the relationship. He can't bring the nourishing, the fields, you know, the the wildness, you know, all the the beautiful energy that I can actually bring to the table. He doesn't really have it within him to do it. So he's craving all of that, the variety, um, the nurturing. And as soon as I started to reframe it and go, okay, this isn't a weakness. This is a superpower, you know, that I can multitask, that I can hold a hundred concepts all at once, that I can love and feel and be intuitive and know what my family needs. This is a powerful thing. This is not a less than thing. It's just absolutely equal, but it took a long time to reframe that because I think as a society, we don't, we don't celebrate the fields as much as the doing. Yes. And in your book, you discuss millennials, can you tell us a little bit about that on Breaking Free? Yeah, and I think the, well, I, I'm still on the cusp of a millennial. I don't know. I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just. This whole Gen Z business. Yeah, well, I was a Gen yeah. Y, and I think we got rolled in. I don't know. We got mm. what the generation time forgot. Um, so, yeah, and so a lot of it is coming from from the perspective now of the, the modern vernacular too. So this idea I talk about um, – tigers and dragons and a lot of us now are just more fluid in our energy we we like to we like to pay attention to that we're not so caught up in you know men are in the masculine women are in the feminine it's understanding yeah. it's so much more than that and it's about us finding the right balance in our partnerships and forgetting a little bit about what the generation before us um, told us needed to happen um, and not just from sexuality and physical gender like that's all separate from this which is why I, I talk about tigers and dragons and not masculine feminine because it's so distracting um, and so it is really chatting to this generation in a language I think that resonates with us a lot more to say hey it's not less than it's not more than we're all different if you want to take this pole if you want to take the dragon pole great go for it um just pay attention and let's let's work together because we're both working husbands wives or husbands husbands whatever we're all working we're all contributing and we need to find a way that we can talk about this where we're not triggered and think it's like something that you know um, is distracting us from what we're trying to do in our relationships does that make sense yeah <laughs> and as a coach you help business owners mostly through their daily challenges. Um, do you work looking at which energies they're using and um, how can you tell? How can you tell that they're more in one or too much in the other and balance it out for them? Yeah, and a lot of it too in, in business coaching is also just knowing what energy one that you feel the most confident in yourself in, you know, so even now that I know, oh, wow, I am a dominant tiger. This is my happy place. I now can take that into the workplace or into my businesses and ensure that everything I do does come from that place, right? So I don't need to necessarily switch off all of my emotions and my intuition um, just to 
to get through the day, I can actually bring that as my superpower into my, my place of work and my business and what I do. So it's understanding, okay, what is your dominant energy? Where are you finding yourself uh, the most happy and confident and content? And how can you acknowledge where that is sometimes a shortcoming in the workplace and then a super strength. So, you know, if you're a really dominant dragon, okay, what do you need to do in the workplace today where you can soften some of that dragon doing because so much of what, what we do is so is more than just achieving workplaces. Now, whether you're a home or not, or about culture, it's about feeling about people being comfortable, um, connecting, you know, culture comes from the connection more than anything else. So how do you sort of, how do you work within your strengths and weaknesses uh, to give that, balance because in a primary relationship if we're looking for a 70 30 in the workplace we're really looking more for a 50 50 you know we don't need workplaces that are this all dragon energy um, but we also don't need too much emotion coming in either so it's about how do we work um, with our teammates understanding how our teams are energized how we're energized uh, and doing that to create the best culture and achieve the best results but also leave at the end of the day or log out at the end of the day if you're working from home um, and not have completely drained your tank you know so that you have you have more to give to your to your family and to your life um, and particularly now that we have very few boundaries if we're working from home or we have this flex environment you know it's hard to say this is where work ends and life begins like we mm. have smartphones now and apps and we have you know all of the places that we don't really switch off the way yeah. we used to you know we don't we, we there's no like hey I'm done now like if you have a cell phone you're expected to keep working yes the good balance I think was answer phones so you mm. weren't completely disconnected but you'd get back to things later. And that was a good place to stay, I think. It's just gone <laughs> <laughs> way beyond what is normal. Oh, yeah. And it's anxiety inducing. You know, you have these Slack channels and you jump online, you're like 85 notifications in three minutes and it's, mm. it's exhausting. And then how do you switch gears? How do you then go, okay, that's over now. Now I need to change energies because if you stay in doing mode, um, for me in particular as a tiger, if I stay in my dragon because I'm checking my phone every five minutes to keep working, um, how do I how do I then open up to my family and give them the nourishing that I know they need? You know, yes. so also checking in on everybody else's lives. So you know, you've got a minute and you open Instagram and you check everyone else's stories. Imagine before. If you were like, oh, honey, I just need an hour to check in on everybody I know and see what they're up to. <laughs> That's really what we're doing, isn't it? So true. And yet without any of the real connection that we're craving, yeah. you know, without the real, you know, the the feeling part of it, you know, the, the pleasure uh, that comes from you know, that human spark that we get. We're still missing mm. that. Uh, so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard today. And so that's part of what the coaching is, is like paying attention because half the battle with most of this is just being aware and paying yes. attention and thinking about it. You know, if you're even thinking about how to improve this, that's half the battle. Yeah. And are there any exercises or things that you can do to help be more in your masculine or more in your feminine if you're lacking in one because I do find that what shoes I wear <laughs> makes a big difference so if I wear boots I feel very masculine and I like really take charge 
even the way that I walk or or sit or feel, it just changes all the vibes. And if I wear heels, I completely feel more tigery and feminine and Oh sensual. Gosh. I love that. I love that. That's exactly it. I love that. For me, it's blow drying my hair. Like it's oh. there's like something about doing my hair that puts yeah. me into a different mode. Um, it's like I'm ready to be seen, you know. And part yeah. of the tiger energy is feeling ready to be seen. Like even without intimacy, um, the dragon is a little bit more doing. They just want to, you know, have a ponytail and go to the gym. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mm. Um, so yeah, there are activities. Absolutely. Uh, and everybody has a way of like shedding that, I call it shedding the dragon skin. You know, what do you do at the end of the day to shed that skin, uh, to have your moment to connect, uh, with your, with what brings you pleasure. So the tiger goes, grows stronger through pleasure. So how do we, um, what brings us joy? And this doesn't need to be complicated. Tigers love to complicate yes. pleasure. They really it do. It can be just rest. That's what we just see tigers rest. doing, rolling around yeah. and resting <laughs> and enjoying the sun, isn't it? Anything really that engages the te- the senses tends to do a great job. So it could be mm. just smelling a cup of coffee, like consciously, you know, something really small, a bunch of flowers, going for a walk, connecting with a friend, a FaceTime with your mum, whatever it might be, just something that helps to, that brings you joy and find a few minutes a day to do that like that's what I'll try and do like bookend my day with something that that brings me pleasure what's this what will make me happy right now uh and honestly that's what the dragon wants by the way like the amount of dragons you'll hear say I just want to see you happy you know they really do they want to see this pleasure-filled body from the tiger that's what they crave um and then from the dragon side uh, the dragon really does grow deep through this kind of sense of of respect from achieving. And so a lot of times if you're a dominant dragon, but maybe you've been bumped out of your energy, maybe you're not feeling, um, maybe you're feeling purposeless and lost and floating around, which the dragon hates, by the way, they hate not having a job to do. Um, mm. Find something to ground you, you know, find an activity. Sometimes competition is great, a CrossFit, a... I don't know, anything that really like engages your sense of um, self-worth and competition that, you know, you'll feel like you've achieved something will push the dragon deeper into that energy. So yeah, it's, it's paying attention and it doesn't need to be a huge thing. It can just be a minute or two a day through just paying attention. How am I feeling? Have I breathed? You know, letting go if you're the tiger and if you're the dragon saying, you know, am I here in my consciousness is the big one being present. Yeah. I always like to encourage people to do something out of the box that's different than what they would normally do, because that will always tap into an an energy that they're not used to having. Mm-hmm. And that can bring up things. So it could be, you know, dressing a different way or it could be riding a bicycle instead of driving the car or anything that will give them a different feel that might make them feel it's a bit risky or a bit not what they would normally do or you know how they'll say things like oh no orange isn't my color you know I wouldn't do that why not (laughs) (laughs) who said that who set that rule yeah yes it can be such tiny little things that we've decided are not for me if we do them we discover new things about ourselves and it can tap into an opposite polar energy I think absolutely you agree with that yes absolutely you know I think you know the dragon in particular 
grows really strong when they're near the edge of potential of fear as well. So doing something, if you're a dragon and want to go deeper, like what makes you uncomfortable? What maybe it's something physically, you know, trying to extend yourself beyond something that you've physically done before or a challenge that you know is going to be really, really hard for you. Maybe it could be career, it could be yeah. life. Um, and then, yeah, like in the, in our, in a tiger energy, what is it that, you know, what is something that you've, deprived yourself of maybe from when it comes to like if you want to go deeper into your pleasure like what is something that you really enjoy that you never do because you've created a hundred reasons as to why you need to deprive yourself of that it could be going to a music concert it could be to your point putting on a different lipstick wearing heels at what point did you say to yourself I'm not wearing heels anymore I know so many women Mm. who've done that they're just not practical um yeah grab a pair of you know red stilettos put them on like do something that you go wow this made me feel something um Mm. and embrace it share it enjoy it yeah take a moment absolutely I love that and you tried so many different practices which ones did you feel helped you find um yourself the most that you could tap into an energy that you needed was it kundalini yoga or was it egyptian teachings i mean you've done so many different ones (laughs) (laughs) was it so many different ones yeah were you searching for something by doing them all oh of course of course you know Mm. searching aren't we all um you know so much of it was you know trying to to your point, just trying to understand this energy and and how could I tap into it and how to, really I was searching for pleasure. I was searching for my own sense of happiness. At some point along the way, I told myself that, you know, I didn't deserve to be happy, you know, or that I just needed to work all of the time. When I finally achieved all I wanted to achieve through my career goals, then I would be happy at this future point that never really existed. Uh, and so how did I unpack that and say, oh, gosh, no, what can I do right now? What can I do today to bring me joy? You know, it's that concept, some great books out there, like the 10% happier and the happiness project, sort of all of this idea. Uh, So, you know, from a practice standpoint for me, I mean, meditation obviously is really powerful, um, but sometimes it just feels like another thing you need to do, you know, and it felt like another thing added to my list. Well, I'll be happy once I've done my workout, had my meditation, tidied my closet, done it. You know, I just, we just make it so hard. So for me, it was actually finding the really, really little things Um, in our relationship. The most powerful practice we started doing was date night on a Saturday night, religiously. Mm. We have two little kids, um, sitter always booked. And Peter gives me the space to feel ready to be seen and to be loved by him and to connect just with him. We don't have other couples come. It's just the two of us. I know a million people talk about date night, but but then what do you do? <laughs> Talk about your kids? Yeah, no. <laughs> How do you stay in date mode? Yeah. And so for me, even before the date, my date starts, my date with myself starts about two hours before, which is a long time, but I really yeah. take my time. I like plan an outfit. I do my hair. I get physically ready. I put on my makeup, not rushed. You know, when you have like yeah. cooking the yeah. kids dinner and like pizzas in the oven and Peter, you got the car and the reservations in 15 minutes and I slap on some lipstick. Like I don't yeah. feel beautiful and ready to connect when that's my preparation routine. And he knows that. And you can feel the difference when we go out together. When I have had yeah. that space to be in, so he like, he steps up. He's like, we're going to connect. This is going to be a beautiful night. I'm getting this, 
this energy I crave from my wife. So he like, he handles it, you know, <laughs> like the, mm. the babysitter's booked, he handles dinner, he gets on, you know, Uber Eats and he gets it planned and everything's ready to go. He handles the reservation and he lets me just go through this like, it's this self-love ritual that I do um, where I get ready. I take my time to dress. Maybe I try on 15 outfits to find the right one that makes me feel the, the way I want to feel. And then when we get to dinner, it really is we don't we don't talk about all the things. You know, we try to talk more about, you know, the feels. Um, we talk mm. about our week, how, you know, we talk about what we could do better but sometimes we just have silly banter we don't talk about anything in particular we just oh that's the best that's the best you know like let's not overanalyze it let's just feel each other we'll talk politics you know there's never a shortage of that here in america you know we'll just we'll laugh you know we'll we'll share funny tweets like we just go on a date Mm. and we let it all go and just have fun together um but you really have to kind of shed all of that you know like because in the end i think about you know our relationship there are so many hats we try to wear right we're like cfos together we're managing the finances we're co-parenting we have all these problems we're trying to solve together but the one thing that we have to be for each other is we need to be we need to be intimate we need to provide each other the one pillar in our relationship that we can't get from outside i can get a financial advisor I can have a friend to talk about my problems with. I can talk to my mom about whether potty training went the right way. But I need Peter to be this person that is my my lover. And so if that's the role that's our primary responsibility, what do we need to do to make sure that gets prioritized in our relationship? What does he need? What do I need? And let's do that for each other because no one else can. And do you find that his needs are different than your needs and you can understand his needs even though they're not the same as yours? So maybe you need two hours space to get ready and feel sexy and wear a nice dress, but maybe he needs exactly. to watch the yeah, football. Yeah, he needs his, and we call you it know. like dragon time. Yeah. Like he needs his dragon time. He needs time away from me. He needs time to do certain things like he surfs and, and paddle boards. So I know like on a Saturday morning, I don't even question it. He gets up, he grabs his board. I don't go, where are you going? Really? For an hour and a half? I've got the kids. I just, mm. I just flow with it. If he's grabbed his board and he's gone, I go, great. That's important to him. He needs this space right now. Um, and yeah, really acknowledging when he needs to go out and have drinks with the boys and watch the football or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good for him to do that. I don't want to be that yeah. person. I don't want to go watch the football. I don't need to do that. <laughs> no, I don't need to be everything to him, you <laughs> know, and realizing, mm. and I think in a lot of relationships and me before it was sort of, I didn't necessarily, you go, oh, we've got to be everything to each other. And, you know, there's maybe there's trust issues. We go, well, I don't trust this person going out all this time. Well, you know what? Like, we're not, we need to just learn sometimes to let go. And yeah. And if he's going to break the trust, it's better that you know that, oh, when he goes out, he does break the trust. And it's good that I know and I can make a decision about it rather than, Uh, protecting it from happening all those years and that's the only reason why it didn't happen I mean what's the point it doesn't get you anywhere really you're not more safe because you held on tightly you know you're really not like you're just building your own enclosure and the more I realized just letting go uh and and going yeah you know this is what you need this is what I need and let's work harder to do that for each other um we were able to find find a happier Mm. place where we then when we come together we have more to connect about 
because we haven't tried to do everything together yeah. all day. Um, so yeah, it's a different space, uh, and, and really paying attention and going, okay, what does, what does he need? Uh, he needs a lot less than me, which is kind of funny. Like what I do find is if I can bring mm. this energy to him, this variety, this happiness, this pleasure filled body and show him, you know, everything that I have to offer in my tiger space, my love, um, my commitment, my nourishing, my surrender, um, that's actually enough for him. He needs very little after that. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's that's easily said than done. It's a practice. It is quite a lot. Well, that's quite a lot what you've brought to the table. <laughs> you've it's counted true. about it's 10 true. things. It's not that easy to do, particularly, you know, when we're caught up in, in, in work yeah. all the time. It's not easy, but it's a practice and you just work at it and communicate about it. So, yeah. Oh, fabulous. Who should read your book? What would you say to anyone listening? Yeah, I think there's a lot of power in the book, particularly if you've been in a long-term relationship, uh, because that is really where the foundation of the insights come from. I've Peter and I have been together for 20 years, and we've been able to recreate more passion now than what we even had in our 20s. Um, so that, you know, if you have a long-term relationship and you're looking maybe how to recreate polarity, you're feeling you're in a different energy shift and you want to learn more about it, this is going to be a great read. But also, even if if you are still single and you're, there's a lot of power and we talk a lot about in the book, just understanding your own needs at this point before you're even attached to anybody. Yeah, you can prep, can't you? <laughs> yeah, and it's also, you know, what you're looking for, you know, because mm. so many times I will I will coach people that will say, you know, I, I want this type of man or woman, um, but they're bringing the same energy to the table. And I'll say, so you, you want a really strong dragon, but you approach every date and every encounter with your dragon energy. And then you wonder why, you know, there's no spark or there's no attraction. So uh, there's a lot in there as well. So yeah, I mean, if you're just focused on how to sort of have more energy um, and have stronger relationships, even with family, there's a lot in there about um, how to bring this insight into understanding your dynamics with your with your parents and and also your workplace. So yeah, if polarity sounds interesting and you, you like energy, you'll probably enjoy the read. Well, I hope so. Mm. And to me, it sounds like everyone has to learn how to be flexible like you can't be rigid and be one thing and a lot of people that you meet will be like well this is how I am this is what I you know I'm not changing right and that's kind of difficult to work with yeah. but if they can be flexible and jump into different energies it sounds like that's the thing that we should look for yeah and even if the people around you aren't paying attention and don't want to change having the insight going, oh, I can see what energy they're in and what they're bringing. And I can, you know, you can work around it and work with it. Mm. And it just like reduces so much conflict in your life. Uh, if you have the ability to be the one that can be more fluid, uh, you'll find that you're able to adapt in situations so much more, which is really fun too. Yeah. When you do that, it's a lot of power. Yes. <laughs> oh, Gillian, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting. Thank and you. I hope the book reaches a lot of people and saves a lot of marriages, a lot of boring marriages. <laughs> that is the dream. More passion. Yeah. More passion yeah. for everybody. And who would have thought after you're working on the marriage, you actually write a book about it? Um, surprised yourself there, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it was the best thing, though. I just loved it. And really, if I can just help one person, then I'm happy. You know, if someone can be helped by this, it'd be great. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.